with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at That's Five. Right. Live, at five. Live, indeed. Live at Five for a Thursday. Day two for the... Uh, what's day two? Oh, day two for the Children's Milk Network. Bunch of people in here. Uh, so that that uh, that ends tomorrow. Johnny Spisano, you know, cranking up the, the awareness of uh, the Children's Milk Network now for over 25 years. And uh, this one is a doozy. Despite the fact, just like Johnny Spisano said yesterday, we have the Biden economy. Don't don't let Jim know he said that. It is a Biden economy. No, there you go. Do you hear it now? Yeah, it was me. Yeah, okay, good. Plus, we have someone in the studio today. Uh, and uh, I announced this. I know our friend uh, Tim the Enchanter says, you didn't announce this. But we have uh, candidate for city council, Ben Schoenin. And I feel like you were just here not that long ago, Ben. I was. I, was, I think I stepped in last week. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Sounds like you stepped in now. Actually, you know what? I think it was last Thursday because <laughs> it's uh, it's dinner night at the Italian American Club, and that's where I'm going after. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to um, I'm going to Adams Country Club after this to do a project. Very all nice. right. So, all right, uh, you were here last week. Uh, that was the the alliance between yourself and uh, I'll say this out loud, loud, Ben, the number four guy from uh, from the uh, results of the June primary. That, of course, is Timothy Babcock. You guys feel like uh, you could work well together. That was the summary that I got. I, I definitely think that I could. I think he has good fiscal experience that would be beneficial to the city. Right. And he, he knows how to handle a large budget. Have you spoken to, you know, Dr. Kimball since then? I, I know this is all, everything's yeah. fair in a, in a political race, but yep. it's a little awkward because, you know, you guys. No, I mean, f- I, I, could, I could work with Dr. Kimball as well. Sure. Uh, no, I haven't seen him. I was at the special session meeting last night. I right. didn't see him there. Uh, we don't generally talk. Occasionally we will, mm-hmm. but you know, over the last year or so, I've talked to him maybe a few times. So we'll get to the special session. That's obviously the the hot the news. Uh, the news off the print it happened last night. Channel Seven's got a little summary of it. I checked it out. You were there. You know all this stuff. <clears throat> the debates two weeks ago. Sure. Interesting, because everything was so cordial. You know, what I'm saying you had the, you know, the council debates on Tuesday, the the mayoral uh, debate the next day. There was a little more contentious. We kind of expected that. But the S hit the fan the very next day with the water main break. Sure. And then within the same time frame, Ben, then we have the the alleged incident that happened on Factory Street. Now, I might be making a big deal about nothing, but those two things happened at the same time after the debates were over. I want to get your thoughts about about both of them. But first, before we get into that, the, the, the special session last night... Uh, Jim, uh, check that. Jeff Graham was playing some segments on his show today. You were there. What 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 summary do you draw from last night, Ben? The the summary is last night's 
special session was brought by Cliff and Lisa basically to accuse our city staff in the water department and city manager's office of withholding information about a water leak. Um, it was unequivocal by the end of the night that none of our staff had any advanced knowledge of any water leak. There was no collusion. There was no corrupt act right. in order to withhold this information. And it's, to me, it's, it's disgusting that they accuse them of that. And I feel bad for our staff because I know how hard they work. Mm -hmm. And they should not be put through that. Actually, one of the water department employees, I think it's the water plant manager, walked out of the meeting because he was so disgusted Last with, night. with the way he was being treated wow. in that meeting. And it wasn't Ken Mix. No. No, I'm just kidding. Ken, you know, Ken has, he has, um, he has great presence. He's, yeah. he's an intelligent guy. I think he does a phenomenal job. And he's taken a lot of heat that he doesn't deserve. And right. he, he really does a great job for the city. Mm -hmm. um, he's an asset. And I think some, he, has, he has a lot more patience in certain circumstances than I think most people would. To a would. degree. I mean, he was going to retire early. He's at that age anyway. Who knows if he would have remained if so-and-so wasn't there because we have all indications to believe he's leaving because of that. <clears throat> all right, so um, is, is, is Councilman only, you know, is, is the, he's doing this for political reasons just a week before the election? What's, what's, what's going through his head, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was called by him to blame it on the city instead of putting any blame on council. So last night... They asked, you know, did you know that this pipe was going to break? Obviously not. You never know. Um, you know, they said we have X amount of breaks on on this pipe between Huntington Street, Eastern Boulevard, and Huntington Street, Pearl Street hmm. um, over the years. So they had four, I think, leading up to this year. They've had maybe three on this street this year. Mm -hmm. But there's there's lists. So this this pipe was on a list of, you know, 40 or 50 different projects that need to be done, recommended by the city manager. Mm -hmm. And city council... In 2021, got this list. They chose to do a small percentage of it. So the majority of city council at the time, the, so the the three would have been, it would have been um, Lisa, Ryan Henry, I believe. Yeah, Ryan Henry Wilkinson, and, yeah. And Mr. Spaziani mm -hmm. that voted to only do a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And then in 2022, it was presented again. Hmm. And so that's a new, a new majority. Right. So Cliff, Lisa, and Mr. Hickey. Right. And they, they saw these these pipes, right? And they chose to do other things, which in in cer certain circumstances you can understand you can't fix everything, right? But also think about what you can do with eight million dollars. How many thousands of feet of pipe can you replace with that money? And I've preached for the last four years mm -hmm. at least every right. single council meeting that I go to and I speak. I said we need to spend money on infrastructure. Right. It's essential. It's deathly important. And this is exactly why. This is why I choose infrastructure over optional spending so the eight million dollars you, you you just mentioned obviously was the the sum total of the golf course and the, and the north side pool correct and that's that's just now and you know the pool's not completed obviously so we don't know where that'll end up and we know we have to spend hundreds of thousands of more dollars at the park to buy new equipment right. mowers etc right. and whatever money we lose up there mm -hmm. is all, so if we lose two hundred thousand dollars which we may lose that this year even though it was super busy we had Expenses that at the golf pay. course up Correct. front, yeah, sure. So a lot, lot of upkeep on it. Sure. So, so if we lose two hundred or two fifty or three hundred, right? Imagine spending three hundred thousand dollars on water lines right. instead of losing money at the golf course. Or, or, or best case, or in another scenario, buy it for what it was worth based on this assessment. That gives right. you another at least two million dollars yeah. to work with. It would have been nice, absolutely. So, but you know, with the, okay, so we'll get to the golf. Here's the thing: we already sure. have a phone call. I got to be careful. I got to make sure this isn't. Who I think it might be, but let's take it anyway. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. 
I won't be long. Go ahead. I yeah. wanted to ask Mr. Schoen. They got a meeting tonight about the zoo. Correct. Six o'clock at JCC in the cafeteria, I think. If we're looking to make money on the zoo, it's not happening. But I think they're going to come back to the city and look for more money. We give them 100000 plus we pay for the utilities up there. And uh, I'm dead set against it. I think we can live without a zoo. And the water issue, I think we have to spend the money on that, Mr. Schoen. I don't know if you agree with me. We have to take care of the water. You can't. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't care I... how much it costs. We have money in the reserve sure. fund that's way over the top that it should be. I don't know how it got that large, but there's a lot of money there. We have to take care of that issue. And uh, thank yep, you don't... very much, Glenn. Yeah, no problem. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, I knew the zoo question was going to come up. I might, after this, I might run up there to listen to some of that. Uh, when we gave that hundred thousand dollars, I think, which was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, I don't think there were any, or maybe five, four or five weeks yeah, ago. I'm recently. not exactly sure, sure, but I don't think there were any strings attached. We didn't have anything saying, "Hey, we're going to give you this, but you have to tell us, you know, will you be solvent for the rest of the year? How long will this hundred thousand dollars last?" I kind of wish that we did have that information, but that's in hindsight now. Mm-hmm. I didn't foresee this happening, uh, but the zoo is an asset for sure. But can the city afford this as well? That's a question. If you don't have the money mm-hmm. to spend, if we have issues with infrastructure, we can't do stuff like that. We have to be able to take care of the most important things. And obviously, the water line break caused financial difficulties for businesses. It closed businesses. It closed schools. So right. that is more important than anything. Right, it is. And I, and I love the park. I love the golf course. love the zoo. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking the emotion out of it and saying fiscally responsible right. spending dictates that you have to do this first. Right. Well, let me ask you, though. You, you mentioned the zoo as an asset. Is it an asset, though? I think a, a well-run and diverse zoo is definitely an asset to an area. It could draw people in from around, and it could keep us entertained up here as well. Yeah. I mean, and everyone always makes the comparison to the old McDonald's farm. Should they change the whole business model? Should, they be, should it be more interactive? Should they eliminate a good portion of it? That's just not, you know, it's not cost effective. All right, so all those things. So I see it this way. It was, again, getting back to earlier, the debates were Tuesday, Wednesday night. Everything was, everyone shook to each other's hands. All of a sudden, reality struck. With, with, it might have been the best thing that have happened prior to the election. Would you not agree with, with respects to the, to the, to the uh, what I mean break? Yeah, I mean, Sometimes that will wake up an entire village. I, I really do hope that it does. It, you know, to me, it, it just absolutely pinpointed the absolute need for right. infrastructure spending. If you don't see that, I'm not sure what you're seeing at this point. Right. Because if you lose water, mm-hmm. most people would never think, in, you know, living in Watertown, that you would ever turn that faucet on and, and nothing would come out. I, I couldn't believe the headlines right. when I was it's, scrolling on Channel 7 that morning, yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of, of when we had the ice storm, but that was unforeseeable. There's nothing that they could have done about that. Right. When you have a water line that, you know, it's 80 years old, and some of them are over 100 years old, mm-hmm. you know that they're going to need replacement. Mm-hmm. That is that is essential, and it's very important for us to take care of this. So infrastructure at the top of the list. Always. Yeah. $50 million, and everyone's talking about the reservoir. 50000 I don't know. I keep on making this wrong. $500,000 um, budgeted item for the reservoir to, to do repairs, but we don't know what it needs yet. Yeah, but that sounds like a drop. I hate to use this expression, a drop of the bucket, because it, it's a big project. No, I mean, it, you're it, a contractor. You look at the reservoir, and I still don't know where this leak is. I should know. But it's obviously near Huntington Street or somewhere thereabouts. No, it leaks It leaks from, so the reservoir is above the, the Franklin Street entrance to the park. As you head up the hill okay. to the right-hand side at the top, 
there's reservoirs. They're, they're just above ground level up there at the top. Yeah. Um, so at the bottom of the Kite Hill across the road, yeah. you can't really see them. But they've been leaking for years. Can you see the water leaking? You can, definitely can see it leaking. Wow. It comes out of the ground. So it comes out, and they, they made it so that it doesn't run on Franklin Street entrance anymore. Okay. But it also runs under the road and comes out on Gotham by the Church of the Nazarene. And it does that all year, no matter what the temperature. I mean, it's hundreds of thousands of gallons a day. And I live right there. We, we kind of live in the same area. Sure. Um, does that do damage to the foundations of others when all that water goes under, underground and freezes? Well, it doesn't really. It's, it stays. It moves so much. It's like the Black River. It doesn't freeze. Okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't help anything either because some of this water will find its way into our sanitary sewer mm. and we'll have to treat it at the sewage treatment plant before it gets discharged into the Black River. Wow. You know, it doesn't just go into the, to the stormwater drain and make its way to the river on its own. Mm. You know, somewhere we're going to have to treat this water again. So we really do want to stop that or right. at least limit it as much as possible. Right. And it's accelerated over the last few years to the point where it's a major issue now. How many gallons a, a day? They said at their last test about 426,000 gallons a day. And how much, can anyone put a dollar amount on a gallon of, of city water that's that's treated and whatnot? It's, it's, it's got to be at least I five think, cents a gallon, whatever. It's got to be a price tag to that. I think they sell, I may be wrong, I think they sell 1,000 gallons or 2,000 gallons at the at the plant for maybe $9 or $9.72. Right, so, but you can definitely put a number on it. No doubt. And look who just popped in. And you can't use the Jim Levin microphone. But... I can expand our camera. Move closer, guys. And I'm just going to give a footnote to our friends at News Junkie. Use the same photo from last week. Timothy Babcock is here. There you go. <laughs> I took a, and that was a good picture of you guys. All right, so both candidates for city council. We'll get to Timmy, uh, uh, TJ, I should say. Sorry, Tim. Uh, in a little bit. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. We could talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the flower boxes, whatever the frig we call them. So many things. But first and foremost, let's take our second call. You have the headsets on for, for uh, right now, Ben. Hi, do you have a question for Ben uh, Schoen? Hey, uh, Glenn, what's it's going Tim. on, brother? What's happening? You got uh, Mr. Schoen in there today? Yes, yes, of course. Where you been, Tim? You know that. Check that. Uh, I just tuned in, Glenn. I, right. thought I, I thought I recognized his voice. No, I didn't say Yeah. But, uh, hey, I just want to say, Mr. Schoen and T.J. Babcock, I, I won't be voting for you guys, so... Just want to let you know that. Whoa, whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa. I'm doing the old, you know, who. Why? What's why? up with you? Why? You know why I'm doing that, Glenn? Yeah. Because I don't think they're the gang of three. And I think TJ and Mr. Schoen, even though they don't agree, they will vote against each other because they're common sense people and they'll problem solve and negotiate the best for the citizens of Watertown. I just want to. Say thanks for you guys for running. Is he voting for? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, wait, wait, Tim. I, maybe I'm, I'm a little confused. Are you for or not for uh, Ben Schoen, who's on our uh, who's our guest today? Yes, alone? I am. Oh, yeah, okay. I, oh. I said I'm going to be voting. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going, thank, I'm going thank you. Thank you. Right, I'm going to right. uh, vote for T.J. Babcock. And, right. And uh, Lisa, that's who I'm voting. For. See, I don't, I don't read Braille just, that well. I, I just want to put it out there because. <laughs> I, I think Spare the Annie still yep. wants to be the gang of three. Right, I, I see what you're saying. The three needs to be done. Right. I think we need some fresh look in there. And I think these guys got some backbone, some common sense to navigate through some of the crucial times of Watertown. Thank you guys for running. Bye-bye. Awesome. So, well, Thank that's, you. Uh, that's Tim. Okay. So, uh, 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 TJ, you might not have heard that, but uh, someone else by the same namesake, otherwise known as Tim the Enchanter, uh, thinks that you guys are going to break up the gang of three together. So th there's a... That's wonderful. Support. Thanks. Yeah, from another Tim. 
Thank you. Yeah. A nice hat, by the way. Are you uh, going door to door in that hat because it's cold outside? TJ? I, yeah. And anytime it gets cold, I have a hat on. But yeah, Utah State. Yeah. Oh, Utah. Yeah. <laughs> the Utes. The Utes. Okay. We got somebody else on. Maybe you, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this open. Hi. Uh, you have a question for either Ben or TJ? Yeah. Well, the both of them can answer if they like. But I, I watched the meeting last night. Uh, and clips of it, and I'm just wondering, was that was that all set up for a deflection to, uh, because, you know, the word, I, I heard Mr. Spaziani on uh, the radio the other day, and he said people were throwing them off their porch uh, because of the golf course and stuff. Was that just a deflection to try to deflect uh, blame for spending all the money on the golf course and the pool? Was that a deflection in their minds? Uh, to uh, you know, rather and ignoring gotcha. the fact that we need all this infrastructure work done. All right, awesome, great, so thanks, uh, thanks, Doug. I don't know if that's what they think it is. But right. I mean, from what Thank I could hear, that's. What all right, like gotcha. All right. Well, there you go, no, uh, Ben. I, yeah. I, I think that's a very pertinent question, and I I definitely believe that it is because, in order in order to justify spending eight million dollars when you have these sort of problems, is there's just no way to do it. So you're trying to distance themselves. So Cliff and and Lisa. And, and Lenny, because Lenny was on in 21 also when they made spending decisions on this infrastructure project. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say, hey, it wasn't us. Somebody didn't give us the information. Jeff Smith, our mayor last night, said he took the blame. He said city council knew, and he's on the council, he's a mayor, even though he voted not to spend the money on, on the golf course and all that. Mm-hmm. He said, we knew about these waterline problems all throughout the city, mm-hmm. and the council chose to spend that money elsewhere. So you have to take responsibility, and I think calling the special meeting, trying to blame other people, is a giant deflection. Right. It's and it's politically motivated, no doubt. Mm-hmm. The best thing, if you make a mistake, is to accept it, try to fix it, and mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. You made a call the day of or of the, you know, that Thursday, Ben, sure. and and you, you took some criticism for that. Um, walk us through that, if you can. Well, there were there were a couple fallacies on there. There were a couple of lies. Right. So one, I have a commercial running that says that I've, as, as far as anybody who's running for city council right now, I've attended more meetings right. over the last four years than any of them. Mm-hmm. And, and your guest said that I was lying, mm-hmm. which is... It was Lennon Spazzi. And that's completely untrue. Right. So I brought in the ballot. So the ballot has Timothy Babcock, Robert Kimball... Ben Schoen, and Leonard Spaziani. So there's four of us running for city council. Right. The space down here where it says write in, mm-hmm. those aren't filled in. So there's four people running for council, and I have gone to more meetings right. than anybody else. So to say that is a lie is, is just fake news. Of the four that are actually qualified Correct. candidates. Anybody could be a write-in candidate. Exactly. Any registered voter in the city of Watertown. Yeah. Could Aaron Clemens. Anybody. Yeah. I mean, Steve Weed goes to more meetings than right. anybody. Yeah, I he mean, does. Is, is he running for council? I don't know. His name's not on the ballot. Right, exactly. So, and and to say that I withheld information about a water main break that I knew that, first of all, my entire family lives in Watertown. Mm-hmm. So why would I put them in the position where they would not have safe drinking water? That is right. just, it's unbelievable to me that mm-hmm. somebody would say that. Right. And I talked about water line issue over Eastern Boulevard in other areas of Watertown. And if, like I said, if you go to enough council meetings, you'll hear me talk about infrastructure at every single meeting when I get to right. the podium. Right. So this isn't new. And mm-hmm. this list was available to everybody. Mm-hmm. The water main break was on Huntington Street, mm-hmm. not Eastern Boulevard right. anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. if you watch that meeting from last night, mm-hmm. it was proven 
over and over that nobody had an advance notice of this. So for somebody to come on and say that I did, right. to try to just disparage me, right. to make themselves look better, or to make me look bad before an election, mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's dirty politics, and I don't like it, and I don't like to play that way. Mm. Well, that's why I say the actual mean break uh, in itself was unprecedented. I've never seen I've been up here for over three and a half decades now. Never saw that. And yet it's happened, it happened right after the debates, right in the political season. It's almost like God was trying to send us a message that's when things really got heated. And you've clarified yourself, Ben. A uh, little disappointed in uh, your other opponents m- making such accusations and, for that matter, deflections? Or I'm definitely disappointed because I, I ran my last campaign, no mudslinging, no smearing, no anything. Right. And, and I did not come out on top. And mm-hmm. I heard a lot of lies. And I heard a lot of unfactual things coming out of them. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? The public's going to figure this out eventually. Mm-hmm. And I think the public is figuring it out now. <laughs> from, from my door-to-door conversations I have with people, there are a lot of people that voted for some people that are in office right now mm-hmm. and are severely disappointed in them and, like, and thought like, that they were lied to by them. Like Biden voters? I'm no, talking local politics, Glenn. I know. I know you love the national. Well, I do, but uh, there's a lot of comparisons be, uh, behind that. Uh, and uh, a lot of people regret uh, voting for Eric Adams in New York City and the other guy in Chicago because of all the stuff that we don't know until it's too late. Sure. That's why I keep on going back to the water main break. That might have been a, a message from God. All right, so if I can ask TJ something controversial. TJ, you said something about an opponent. We've already brought up his name. You said it right here on the show. I'm going to, because you're an honorable man, and I try to be an honorable person myself. Was that just a slip of the tongue? Clarify what you said about Mr. Spaziani. Well, and that's kind of why I wanted to come in tonight. I asked right, Ben right. for a couple minutes of his time. So I did want to reach out to Lenny and say, Lenny, I'm sorry for that. It wasn't meant to poke fun at his name or his heritage. You know, it was a poor choice of words on my part, and I do apologize to Lenny for that. It was more meant to point out the inconsist- inconsistencies and back and forth in his message. Mm-hmm. For example, when he was just on your show here within the last two week, days ago, two days ago, he, he said that he was against the purchase of the golf course. But in, in the in the council meeting back in November, he stood up and told city council to purchase it and just get it done. Hmm. Also, anyone who watched his full interview on Channel 7 last week can see he was all over the place and out of touch. And, and as far as what? His interview itself? His interview itself. Wow. So I you're mean, doubling he, down now. He, no, was all, he was all over the place with that. Right. But I also wanted to point something else out. Right. That the first person to email me mm-hmm. and call me out on that was, and co- was come to Mr. Spaziani's defense was P.J. Samayo. He emailed me, and I quote, Your characterization of Lenny Spaziani and your reference to him as a spaz was disgraceful and uncalled for. No wonder why you are aligned with Sarah and Ben, as that's all the three do is attack people without having the facts. Once again, I want to apologize to Lenny for that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was in poor taste. I shouldn't have done it. Um, I do find it ironic at how quick PJ Sameo was, though, to email me after he had just called Jude Seymour the mayor and Sarah stupid. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of ironic. Also, the fact, um, I want to point this out as well, the fact that Lenny has multiple signs on property that PJ's LLCs own, which make me believe that Mr. Spaziani is not the independent thinker that, that he says he is, but or that he claims to be, and that he and PJ might be in bed together. Okay. And you also said, or alluded to that, I believe, the other day when his sign was also on Cliff Only's property as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, that said, and maybe both of you might want to chime in on this, the other event that happened after the debates was something associated with the mayoral debate as far as bullyism and the meme page. Oh, it's so mean, all this stuff. And yet we have this big uh, uh, billboard on both sides 
essentially downgrading the owner of this uh, uh, place, otherwise known as uh, Community Broadcasters, and then replace the day of the debates with Mayor Jeff Smith and Councilwoman and candidate for, for Mayor uh, Sarah Campo. Now, the, the allegation is, is that the, the signs were moved that day because, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because the, it was guilt by association. There were signs there that underneath this, what people refer to as a bully pulpit on Factory Street, and yet the very next day, members of people that are actually running for council, including Leonard Spaziani and someone on sitting council, that of course is Cliff only, taking Lisa's sign from under there. The mindset was, oh, I see, she wants to take, a, a, you know, she wants to draw attention away from the bully pulpit above because of her, the way she talked about how the city, it's, and she wrote an article later, how it's hatesville and so forth. Do you see it that way, by the way, uh, TJ? Like I said last week when I was on your show, you know, that was if Lisa reached out to Mr. Spaziani and asked him to do it, you know, that's showing that he's a friend and that he was willing to take it. But it also shows where his allegiance is. Ben, can I ask the same question for you? Sure. I, I mean, I, I have my own thoughts on whether they're aligned, and I definitely do believe that they are. Uh, just to say you're an independent thinker doesn't mean you are. If if you spend time with them, if, if your signs on their properties, if if you go along with this type of things, you align yourself with somebody who will bully sitting politicians, mm -hmm. our mayor and a council person, and you align yourself with those people, to me, it's not a good thing for you. It, it shows to your character, and it's a lack of a moral judgment, really. Is it guilt by association? Absolutely gotcha. it is. All right, let's do a break, because we got to do this because people want, want your gig that you want, and we also have someone running for mayor. So let's do this. You're listening to the Live at Five Show. We'll be back with Ben Schoen and TJ Babcock right after this. You've been hearing about Herringer's contracting, and now your roof call Herringer's now. The roof people who always call you back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, ben Schoen here. TJ's hanging in the wings. And we got a phone call, Ben. So let's go to the phones. See who's there. We got a lot to talk about. Hi, you're in the air. Yes, boys. Uh, don't feel bad about Spaz. I grew up with him. And all his kids, you, you saw him coming to. Pop Warner football practice. Hey, here comes Spaz. That's nothing new. Wow. Everybody has uh, some type of uh, cutoff on their name with their friends. They just wanted to make it sound like you were trying to say he was spastic. That had nothing to do with it. He's been called that his whole life. So, and as far as the sign goes, there I heard such a Lisa got such a backlash from that sign being under. The sign. We all know they're all connected. Every one of them are connected to the developer. And they got caught. And that's why they went and took the sign down, especially in the dark, in the sign. And all I got to say is those three, and the one those three have been the biggest disgrace to this city that I have ever seen. And I'm almost 80 years old. Thanks, boys. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. All right. Well, they, when a citizens pay words. attention and, and they can they can decipher, they can figure this stuff out, and and I'm glad that they are. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm saddened that they have to though. Mm -hmm. You know, over the last couple of years, the the city as as a whole, and as far as our politics goes, and the decision making that happens at city hall and that council chamber has has really gone downhill. Mm. And it's sad, but it's definitely reversible. I mean, some damage we're going to have to pay for for a while, but right. if, if the right people get elected, we can make a change and we can get back to where we should be. Now, are your feelings towards getting this role as city council person stronger now because of what happened in the last two years than where your head was 
two years ago when you ran the first time, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was looking to help just to see what I could do to, to lend my experience to help the city. You know, there, there was a vacancy. I was, I was asked to, to fill that vacancy for Mr. Rocha initially voted down by Lisa and Ryan Henry. You know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no justification was given because I, re- I requested to find out why, but it wasn't. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Spaziani was her nod. She wanted him in there. Uh, but anyways, right. since then, I, I became more involved. I've always paid attention. I've watched. I've listened to you know news clips or watch meetings. Um, and I ran last time not fully prepared. Mm-hmm. I spent all, all my time at meetings. I pay more attention than ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I am surprised at the direction the city has gone in less than two years mm-hmm. under terrible leadership. Well, that's why I bring up the national side of things, because it's, it's paralleling what's going on in Washington. Yeah. I find that ironic. It's, it's very hard to believe yeah. that a couple of people could make things go that bad that quickly. But, but they have. Yeah, they really have. And this is a conservative town. Sure. We've never had any type of progressive leadership at this level. And uh, that's the progressive le- leadership we have right now. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's going to be an unbelievable amount of people that are going to be voting uh, this upcoming Tuesday, despite the fact that it's not a political year for both regional, state, and uh, um, federal uh, uh, races. But a lot of people are going to show up. All right, let's go to the phone. you got your headsets on. How do you have a question for Ben? Yes, I do. Uh, since you want to become a uh, city council person for the, the city, uh, uh, why are you voting against the pool for the people on the north side of the city? All right, gotcha. Thank you, and thank, have a good day. Bye. Thank you very much. All right. Yes, yeah, uh, this, this, is a, this is, again, this is, it's, it's not whether I'm for or against it. It's whether we have the funding for it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not an emotional decision for me. And I, I know I say this. When you're making financial decisions, especially with other people's money, you have to do what's most fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. I've used all pools as a child growing up in Watertown. I think to have the benefit of option of having a pool is great. We spent a lot of money on the park pool. It's beautiful. It it's, is. it's heavily used. Mm-hmm. The splash pad is used very much. We have another pool at the fairgrounds. Hardly any use right. comparatively, 10%. Right. right. Uh, we spent a lot of money on the. Re- we have things that we're paying for mm-hmm. that, you know, if if you hear people say, "Well, the taxes are so high," the taxes are so high. Right. Things like this is why taxes are so high. Mm-hmm. You can have things, but you have to pay for them. So, what would you rather have? Taxes that you can't afford, mm-hmm. or a pool that you can use a few months out of the year, right. and water lines that are breaking that we should be spending money on. Mm-hmm. I love the pools. All right. Right. But if we can't afford them, mm-hmm. they have to take a back seat mm-hmm. until we take care of the issues that we have at hand. Do you think it's the same thing with, with respects to the zoo and that, you know, over time, you know, bowling alleys, zoos, pools, every fifth house in the city has a pool that, that didn't have a pool 80 years ago. It's a sign of the times, Ben, no? Yeah, I mean, first, most people can buy a pool for $200. Yeah, so, go to Sam's Club. Walmart right. or wherever. Right. It's a lot different than... than 30 years ago where, you know, if somebody had a pool, probably they were a lot better off. Right, exactly. You know, right. it's it's just a different world that mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many children are going to use multiple pools across the city? I right. don't think the benefit is there. Um, so either we have one mm-hmm. that we can afford because we've already paid for it right. or we are paying for it. Right. Or we bond for another one, which we can't do because they, they didn't vote for bonding. Hmm. But either way, that's an interest payment hmm. plus plus a principal payment. That's money that's going to come out of your taxes right. every right. single year, and something is going to miss. Mm-hmm. You're not going to repair or replace something because of that. Right, right. So right. are you willing to make that sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 
I want to talk about the homes in Watertown after this call. Hi, you're in the air. All right, this question is for Ben. Yeah. Uh, it's clear to me that Olney is attempting to provoke him. So uh, how is he going to deal with uh, Cliff if he's elected? Is he going to engage in heated arguments like the mayor? or How is he going to deal with this fool and all of his shenanigans? Thank you. Well, that, that question's been oh, raised it's, before. It's definitely a really valid question. I think the best avenue to go there is during the meetings to just stick to the facts. Whatever information you have to, to present, present that information. If he doesn't agree with you, let him not agree with you, and then move on from that conversation. And I, I really do. I think a lot of these arguments happen during the, the open the session. Open sessions, sure. Right. And I think we saw some last night. Sure. And there needs to be a time limit on council members right. and the mayor as far as how long you can talk, because sometimes it just goes on and on, and the same things are said over and over. Say it, make your peace, right. and go. So if Sarah wins, it gets contentious, uh, just like we've been seeing, and if Lisa wins, it, it won't. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So it'll be a different dynamic. We'll find out next Tuesday what the dynamics will be. But, you know, you had a, a, a little moment between yourself and, and Cliff maybe a month ago or so. Um, things are going to happen. Well, guys, Ben, you're a dude. You're a contractor. You're, not, you're no wimp by any means. And I'll go out on a limb and say neither is Cliff. So, there's, you know, you don't know until the heat of the moment happens. Sure. It's, I would think that I could keep my composure in, in life I generally have. Right, right, right. You know, well over 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. I've kept my composure, and I, I can definitely do it. Having business experience, having to deal with, you know, hundreds or over a 1,000 customers in my life. Right. I've dealt with a lot of adversity, a lot of different. Tough business. Sure. Yeah. And and without losing my calm right. or ruining something mm-hmm. just to suit my own agenda, right. you know, or to make myself feel validated, you know, it's definitely doable. I, th- I think it's important that you have been in the audience so often that you, it, despite the fact that, you, you know, you almost, you know what to expect. You sure. really do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at those meetings a lot. I hear that. I hear the the few people that regularly talk. I understand their concerns. Right. Um, and usually, when the public shows up, it's it's because of something major. Mm-hmm. You know, like. for the for the most yeah for the you know the golf course or the pool stuff like that comes up. You're going to get a lot of people to show up. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and by a lot, I mean like thirty. It's not really no, a lot. That's a lot. That's but a it's decent. a lot for a meeting because last night I might have been one of five city residents that were there. Interesting. Not to mention Steve Weed allows everyone to see it, yep. And who uh, and he gets good numbers. All right, so let's go back to what my my big pet peeve about this town. First of all, over sixty percent of the houses are rentals. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say my own statistics that two out of ten homes are empty. And I'm not just saying on the north side or this section of town. Two out of ten friggin' houses are empty. They're ghost homes. Someone's paying taxes. Someone's mowing the lawn. Someone's making sure that it's not falling down. What do we do with the guesstimated three to 4,000 ghost homes in this town, Ben? There's a, there's a lot that needs to be done. When I was walking, so I did, I did my walk on the north side Saturday. I was up about seven and a half, eight hours talking to residents on the north side. Hmm. And I, I heard from multiple city residents, code enforcement came up multiple times. And they said, you know, this house across the street from me is, is empty it's dilapidated. Nobody's taking care of it. Or the windows are open. There's animals going in and out. I've called. Nothing happens. So I think we, we have to revisit what we can do, what we have written in our laws as far as what we can do as code enforcement. What can we force people to do if houses are abandoned? How soon we can get into them? Right. 
I think a lot of times we're kind of stuck. Sometimes it's because these houses are foreclosed and we're dealing with mortgage, com- mortgage companies that are extremely hard to get a hold of, mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't go and secure the properties our own, on our own mm-hmm. merit a lot of times. We, we can if it's drastic. Right. But you're right. There's a lot of houses that need a, a lot of work. I'd love to get ahead of this stuff before it gets to that point. Right. Like I mentioned some houses that I see over the last 10 years just falling apart. They started being not taken care of, and mm-hmm. now they're bad enough where they can just fall in and right. collapse. So I'd like to be able to keep on that and you know get that mm-hmm. before it gets to that point. It's kind of like preemptive policing of, right. of the housing stock. Right. Yeah. It's, it prevent it from, from happening. Sure. So how many houses have you flipped in your, in your lifetime? Not flipped. I've only sold one. Um, I fully rehabbed at least three houses for myself. I mean, top including, to bottom, including the one you live in. Yep. Yeah. So I've taken, and this is another, this is another issue for me. Three of the houses that I did a complete full rehab mm-hmm. were initially when when they were built in the late 1800s were single family homes. Right. Right. Then they were converted into multifamily in the 80s when Fort right, Drum when expanded. When Fort Drum expanded, when I bought them. I brought them back to single-family housing. Interesting. And I think that is essential for the quality of the community mm. is to make people invest in single-family housing because mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who own are going to take care of their house. Right. right. I've said this so many times, I don't even have to think about it. Right. Because I really do. You see somebody who owns a house, you can tell if they own it. Right. The if, door is closed. Yeah, the, door is, <laughs> the screen door is not busted and propped right. open. The door is closed. There's not sheets on the windows. Usually they're taken care of. Right, right, right. Because yeah, they Batman have something sheets. invested in it. Right, right. And I'd love to get back to a below 60%, maybe a 50% apartments and 50% single family home But ownership. can a city council do that? Do they have that power to say, hey, let's get in uh, far, you know, some banking, you know, whatever, key bank. Give us a billion dollars. We'll give you no, what you we, need. We can't, we can't necessarily do that. But as far as these apartments... We allow landlords to not take care of their apartments, you know, out of staters or right. whatever, or right. just slumlords. Some people own property in, in Watertown, mm-hmm. and they don't mind seeing these dumps. If we force them right. to take care of their property, mm-hmm. then maybe they would think it's more important, you know, say, hey, you know, you're not going to get, you're not good. You got a benefit. If you don't take care of your property, mm-hmm. your taxes are going to be lower. Right, right, right. If your place doesn't look good, you're going to pay less in taxes. Mm-hmm. If we equalize the taxes on property, mm-hmm. and I've had this plan for a while, I've talked about it before, mm-hmm. based on property size, not what you have on it, mm-hmm. then the person that has a very nice house on one lot and the other person who has a, a delinquent, you know, a, a really dilapidated, a, a dilapidated broken down house on right. the same size lot, right. there's no reason that person should pay a third of the taxes that the person who maintains a property. I would like to equalize that hmm. as much as is possible to do that. Almost as a penalty because you're not up to standards to the, your neighbor's home, you'll pay more in taxes, Ben? No, you're not going to. It's not that. It's that you will pay the same for your 50 foot by 100 foot gotcha. lot as the neighbor that has a 50 by 100 foot lot. Interesting. Has that ever been done before? It has any, not. Is, this is your n- idea. Definitely. Could, could that be uh, entered to the into the charter or what? I mean, I'm it, not. It, I'm not positive. I, I we definitely need to look into the legalities of it, but I think it would incentivize people to take care of their homes. Right. Because right. right now there's a disincentive to do that. Right. Well, there's none. I mean, you just people are just getting away with it. Absentee ownership, and uh, it's it's destroying other people's opportunities to for their resale value, and <laughs> not for not to mention the quality of their lives. We have a phone call. Let's go to it. We got one right here. Hi, do you have a question for Ben Schoen? Yeah, Ben, listen, what kind of power do we have? I've had a house down, uh, two houses down from me that's been empty over 15 years. It's completely overgrown. Uh, 
quite a bit of the roof and, and uh, eaves have come apart. The trees and stuff and bushes have completely engulfed this home. It was a real nice home at one time. In the backyard, the uh, trees are still down from the last ice storms and stuff. Hmm. And yep. it was the woman's family home. Her parents passed. She moved away to uh, Potsdam and has never come back. Hmm. Yep. And I have to call the city up and complain when the lawn gets four to five feet high out front. Uh, I had an inspector come up. Oh, a year ago, two years ago, he came up and agreed. But is there any power to do anything? Just because she's paying the taxes, it looks awful. Hmm, when I right. called, I said it's not right for uh, uh, our homes right. to have that there. It's a cancer. As far as it uh, brings down our price of our homes. Right. Sure. He agreed. Mm-hmm. Everybody agreed. Yep. But the house still sits it's there, still there, and the lawn right. still grows three to four feet high. Mike. What can we do? Yeah, we, like I and I appreciate Thanks, this, friend. and I appreciate do. It. I do you. hear this a lot, and this is part of what I heard when I was walking around. People want to know. So, if if the grass is taller than I think ten inches is the code, mm-hmm. then the homeowner will get you know a notice, and then they'll have to take care of it, or the city will take care of it. But we wait until there's a complaint. We have a complaint-driven office. Mm-hmm. So if instead of inspecting this, and, and which is difficult, it's it's a big task because it's gotten to the point where it's so bad, right. it's so pervasive, it's so many houses that right. have this problem. Yeah. But if if we can start to work on that, mm-hmm. we won't have as many to watch all the time. Mm-hmm. But we need to start doing something punitive. So the the, the more times that your same exact house comes up, right. you're not going to get the same letter and the same small fine. It's mm-hmm. going to be an escalating fine. Mm. We're going to force people to actually take care of the property. But there are property code. New York State has property code laws. So if a house is falling apart, right. the city can step in and and say, look, you have to fix this. You mm-hmm. have to maintain this. You have to secure this property. Right. And that sort of stuff isn't happening on a large scale right now. And it now. used to. There was a time where we had a policy if the house stood there, you know, d- dilapidated and so forth, the city actually took it down. That was over 25. That was back in the 90s. I don't know if you guys yep. remember that. And we should bring that back. Listen, we, I got two callers, but sure. I got to do some ads. We got we'll, we got to do this first, and we'll be back with more of Ben Schoen. And TJ's in the studio as well on today's Live at Five show. Don't go away. Hi. I'm Ben Schoen, and I am asking for your vote for a seat. Thank you. Paid for by friends of Sarah Campo. All right, so we're a couple minutes left here, and, and Ben was explaining. We got a phone call here. You were explaining about this kind of, kind of like a flat tax or property tax based on the size of the lot. You're like what Steve Forbes did a couple years ago when he ran for president, a flat tax of 19% regardless. And I said, what about a big, you know, beautiful home that, you know, that probably you would get more, extract more taxes from? But you said... Big homes are usually typically in bigger lots. The bigger the lot, whether it has a house on it or not, is forced to pay the same amount sure. of tax. Yeah, so so when these houses get torn down, then they go from paying 2500 bucks a year or $2,000 a year in property tax to paying $200. Nothing. So, They're paying right. nothing. And we're allowing them to sit there empty. Some of these lots aren't big enough now to rebuild. Right. Interesting. So to incentivize people to build on these things... Mm-hmm. You know, if you're paying as much as somebody with a house on a lot, right. you're going to want to build on that lot. Wow. And have you spoken to anyone who you know who knows the law? I I have not. I I you know this is something that I brought up a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, if I got on council, I would absolutely love to to explore the option of this because we need to incentivize people right. to take care of their properties. And the other reason why you don't want an empty lot is because that's we're on a grid. We have services for a reason in a township or a city, and to take that away is to take away what's already there. The services are there. You got these cufflinks uh, into the gas, into the water, sure. into the sewer. 
And all that disappears when someone decides, ah, I'm not going to build anything. I'm just going to pay a couple hundred dollars. Right. Very good point. And it, and it yeah. increases the tax burden on every other property owner if we take more houses away. Interesting. Hi, in the air. You're the last call of the day. Yeah, I just wanted to say there's uh, city ordinances and laws on the books, but they don't follow them. They don't answer their phone. They don't go make the calls that they promise that they're going to go to look at the properties. The mayor, the president mayor, promised me six times he's going to look at a property when they had a, a, a rubber hose stretched across the the, 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 the street overhead and a piece of electri- electrical cord laying on the road. Uh, and it's been like that for months hmm. and years. Louis doesn't get any the respect. Sidewalk, they don't go. They don't. The city ordinance don't obey that. Hmm. Yeah, that's it, the fault. It the, is, the, you the know, lawmakers and, I, and the, I, uh, the, the officials, not not the private citizens. Sure, gotcha. Thanks, you, thanks, Louis. You don't, you, you don't have a chance. Well, all right. well, he says you don't I, have a chance. I would love to to try yeah, to right. affect that change. Right, I would love right, to. Right, right. You know, I worry about people walking in the winter. You can't get past snow on sidewalks. You it's, probably saw it when you and I, when I was going door to door with TJ. You know, TJ knows this. It's dangerous getting in and out of people's homes, particularly in January and February. Yeah. Very difficult. Be- before before we go, yeah. You know, I'm I'm running because I care about Watertown. Right. I have a wealth of experience in in homes, and mm-hmm. the city is made up of homes, mm-hmm. obviously. We need a lot of work on those. I have experience, you know, to guide the city, maybe in some policy decisions that right. would help make better homes in Watertown, which is going to bring better people here. Right. Um, I'm worrying about public safety. There's stuff that we can do about Ten that. Ten seconds, yeah. You know, fair, the taxes, there's just, just a lot. Ben, thank you very much. TJ, thanks. Ben, showing uh, for next week, AM 1240 W in Watertown. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks.